Okay, well, it, welcome to the welcome to the, the, the skinny Jones, financial hour. Dow Jones podcast. This is your host, uh, Clueless Mike, <laughs> with uh, Adamant Adam. Mike and I have officially uh, lost all of our money that we ever had in our entire. This is news to lives. me because I also just found out like twenty seconds ago. Yes, according to Adam, <laughs> that there is a virus that is making the stock market fall. Mm-hmm. Some sort of computer virus. Yeah, you know, I heard about the stock this. market falls. You know, twelve hundred points in one day. That's mm-hmm. that's the most it's ever fallen in any day. Mm. So, but it's still good because Trump blamed it on the Democrats' debate. Well, it makes sense because they looked so bad. That yeah. was why the stock market falls. And I think he's right. Very stable genius that uh, <laughs> that, that Trump. I think he's right because you just you got to trust that man. He is. It's a trustworthy face. Now we should go back and listen to that podcast after he won the election. Election. Mm-hmm. See see how the... our predictions have come about oh yeah we haven't we did do that didn't we yes yeah i haven't listened to it in quite a long time so uh this is just so this was uh the skinny's financial hour also (laughs) the first maybe last episode this is just adam preemptively telling you guys that he may no longer be on the show he's going to go take being as an ocean's advice yes and go live in the woods well i mean they they i laughed Mm -hmm. in 20 whatever that was 18 17 yeah with their with their hilarious hit song Mm -hmm. whatever it was called exactly and it 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 told me don't worry about a 401k run off in the woods and live like an animal yeah and i said no i don't think so but now (laughs) that this virus is going crazy yeah I feel like they were right, and they knew they all knew. along, and they didn't warn us, but they, they did, did warn, warn us. us now. Yeah, waiting yeah. for mon- morning to come. More like M O U. Yeah, waiting for morning to come. Waiting for morning of your loved ones. Yeah. Yes, to come. Because you won't be able to financially support yourself or them in the near future. But if they all die from the coronavirus, then it's okay. That's money in your pocket. Yes, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Screaming. But what about when the dreamer dies? <laughs> He's been asking me this like all what, afternoon. What happens, Mike? What happens when the dreamer I'm dies? So confused. What happens if the dream when the dreamers die? I don't know. I guess I'll never know. I was gonna start the <laughs> podcast with a joke, but I think we've joked enough. <laughs> that's the end of that's the end of this week's episode, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. The shortest episode ever. Do- Well, I was gonna ask you how are you doing, but like, I guess we found out you're you're in financial panic mode. I'm in I'm in fiscal mourning. Yeah, F- waiting for your fiscal mourning to come. Mourning in America, mourning in the streets of America. <laughs> yes, all of the above. But mm. I don't know. I'm gonna just like starting a decade. Starting a decade off right. I'm gonna take all my cash, run on the bank. Yeah. Shove it into my mattress. Yeah. I have a very large mattress now. It's very big. You can hold a so lot of money now. There's all that room in there. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm going to be okay. No more and, exposed springs. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it just to you and nobody else mm-hmm. so that you know where my cash Don't is. Worry, this is only going to go out to just you and me. Because <laughs> coronaviruses. He you know, coughed you ever, right got, on me. We got our windows open today. The yeah. coronavirus could be coming right in through the window into your mm-hmm. neck. Never mind that the uh, common cold has killed more people so far uh, than the coronavirus has. But, you know, whatever. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Over the course of time. Over the course of the time that the coronavirus has been around. And the flu. Yeah. And the bird flu. You're right. Swine Swine flu. flu. Goat flu. Uh, SARS. SARS That was a thing. Yeah. 
And SARS so flu. I'm just saying, I'm just going to hide it all in my mattress. And if anybody is still out there when they're hearing this by Monday morning, uh-huh. it's it's there. If the internet is still around, <laughs> if we are able to upload this podcast, <laughs> you will know. <laughs> Don't say, I didn't warn you. I am the dreamer. Is the dreamer... Can the dreamer dream? Who dreams of the dreamers? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but Martin Luther King had a dream. But then the dreamer died. Ah. And then what happened? Someone shot that Someone shot that poor man. Exactly. So anyway... Where are you going with this? I don't know. I'm just saying, like, there was a dreamer. The dreamer died. I don't know what happens next. Just, mm. just tell me all about it, Mike. All right. <laughs> when a... Okay, just had to adjust the levels. Okay, now we're back. Okay, but that's the first sign of the virus is your voice starting to go. <laughs> oh, so now you're good. You're, now, you're, you're healed now. Well, they say it go, it comes and goes. Oh, okay. So every like five to ten minutes. Every four four minutes and 45 seconds <laughs> yes. or so, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, but I'm going to try to get through the rest of this episode. We got to talk about this incredibly positive, uplifting yeah. album. I had to take Adam out of quarantine. There is yes. a quarantine zone over in Riverside as yes. of yesterday. Yes. Self-quarantine. Some people who have been, who have traveled to China, who have quarantined themselves. We call it the bubble of life. Yeah. We're the only ones that are going to survive now. That's us. <laughs> us internet trolls. <laughs> We're only going to survive because we, we, we stay indoors all day podcasting about stuff that's not that important, but we love doing it anyway. Generationally defining album. Yeah. The most uplifting album of the new decade. We're going to talk about it. We're going we're gonna to break it down positive bit by positive bit. On my point, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil, but my, <laughs> from my point of view, <laughs> it's true. From my point of view, um, this wasn't, we're going to be doing a track by track review of Brave Faces Everyone by Spanish Love Songs. A little bit of an older album that came out a couple weeks ago, but I felt like it was an important one to dissect and... And, and talk about track by track. And also, last week, you listeners may not know this, but Adam and I spent some time together to celebrate his wife's birthday, play some Jackbox Party Pack 3. That's awesome. That sounds sexual. It was, we were Jackboxing something. We were, we were Jackboxing all night long. I mean, like, our children were there. Your, oh, they were watching. Your, they were participating. Your was there. They, they were all participating <laughs> in the Jackboxing. But, uh, yeah, we had, a, we had a grand old times. And uh, we, we talked a little bit about your initial thoughts of Brave Faces, everyone. Yes. How you were also absorbing all of um, Spanish Love Songs' discography, short yes. discography, at the same time. Yes, uh, both and albums. You had, you, had, you, you had some thoughts that, that, that perplexed me at yes. the time. So I just kind of want to get your thoughts as we go over this album okay. uh, piece by piece. Okay, because Bef- it, it got better. But before then, do we have any new business? Um, you want to save any other <clears throat> albums you've been listening to at the end of the episode. That's right. I've I've been listening to more of the Thomas Petty. Mm. Thomas Petty and the Heartbreakers. Mm. And I've listened to that Savage Hands Garden Band. Savage Hands, yeah. Yes. Um, but should I save my reviews for another day? Sure. Um, I don't think I was listening to too much else besides SLS. We could, yeah, we could, we, we, we could save uh, what we've both been listening to for the end of the episode. Okay. Have you been watching any more movies, though? Finished up Spider-Man Homecoming. Spider-Man. It took you like three tries to finally I, get through Spider-Man. It took me a full week okay. of two sittings, Okay, and I enjoyed it greatly. 
Oh, fun. It was a fun movie. Uh, was, you, we were talking about it last week, and you said, like, Ned is, like, your favorite character. Ned is the, the greatest character. Yes. I wish that he could stay around forever. Oh, he'll be around. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad he's to hear that. Go, he's not going anywhere. <laughs> he's Spider-Man's best friend. I know. I just, like, he was perfect. Just everything yeah. about him made that movie come together. What, what, what are you doing in here? There's a, there's a dance going on. Oh, um, just... Watching porn. Watching porn. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think they, Tom Holland's Spider-Man was much better. Isn't he like? Than, isn't he a gift to the world? I think he was great because He's great, you needed he? like an awkward, goofy teenager to play that role. Yeah, and that was what Tobey Maguire was not. Tobey Maguire is a good. Peter Parker, but he's not a good Spider-Man, in my opinion. Maybe not. Andrew Garfield's a good Spider-Man, but he's not a good Peter Parker, okay. in my opinion. And so this was Tom very... Holland is perfect. Like, I... He perfectly encapsulates that awkward teenager who is not confident, who is not really very well liked, but like as Spider-Man, he has all the confidence in the world, and he's just like, and he's and, and he worries about all the stuff that Peter Parker should worry about, and yes. and and that scene too when Vulture. Uh, buries him in the rubble yes. and he's trying to hype himself up and like I saw that in theaters and it brought tears to my eyes and Tom Holland Man. really sells that moment where he's like come on Spider-Man come on Spider-Man do it do it yeah I was like oh this kid I know Tom Holland man so I enjoyed that quite a bit cool and I couldn't tell if Michael Keaton was just playing his Birdman character I think he was just playing the Birdman character okay. I mean he was playing a Birdman <clears throat> So that was cool. I like me some Michael Keaton. So brought... he started a Thor Ragnarok. Right. Well, I, I wanted to just mention real quick oh, sure. how interesting it was that he was then the twist that he was his, the, the girl's dad. Yeah. The that was an am- dad. When... Just like, oh my God, it was Batman all along. <laughs> like, I know. What, what a wonderful what <laughs> twist too, because uh, like you're, you're not expecting it because, you know, uh, for, for, for some, a lot of biracial people, they don't always look like the mix of whatever their uh, parents are, right? I've never met a biracial person in my life. I Ever. Know what you're talking about. <laughs> Ever. Long silence. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, so like when that twist happens, what we saw that in theaters, there was an audible gasp oh. of like, because like I, I didn't get it. I thought he was just like pretending and then they were going to start fighting. Right. right then. Yeah. Like it was just like, hey, I'm I'm her dad, huh? Yeah. And then like they're just gonna start fighting, but and it didn't happen. And it's also very subtle too. On the car ride to the homecoming dance, you right. see, like you you can see like Vulture like putting the pieces putting the together. Pieces together yes. And as he's sitting at the at the red light, um, you can see his face is buried is like covered in red. Right. But as soon as it clicks in his mind, it, his face turns oh. green. I didn't notice Good to the change. Go. I did. I Beautiful didn't little when... subtle hint, uh, a subtle uh, cinematography trick right there. Beautiful. Beautiful. They and did then, the same and thing. Then his daughter was the... like, "Dad, light." Yeah. <laughs> oh, it I know. Brings it back to reality. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like, <clears throat> it's and it's wonderful too because like you know Spider Man could like, I mean that gun probably hurt him but not like kill him but like you as a person we're like so, we're so like invested in this character that like we we fear for his we fear for his not only like his his safety but we fear for his social standing too like we want peter to have a good time and fall in love and like at get 15, a girlfriend at 15 he, need, he needs to find his love at 15 years old <laughs> yeah what will become of him <laughs> but and his the, hot aunt may yeah <laughs> ants come in all shapes and sizes <laughs> as you saw in civil war but uh what do you call it but like 
we just want him to like have a good time and be a teenager and we want him to have it all but like that's the tragedy of peter parker is that he can't have it all can't have and like all. that scene is just so heartbreaking him like realizing that like i have to stop liz's dad and like and she can't know right and it's oh it's so beautiful and then what a wonderful spider-man film. it was an interesting story i enjoyed it so yeah. i'm only like 26 minutes into ragnarok cool and i'm just like i'm very glad that they've shifted to making fun of themselves a lot yeah. more there's a lot of, there's a and now it's, that it's we're just, this far in yeah to the mcu like, like finally stop being so fucking serious about <laughs> your stupid ass problems yeah you know about oh the galaxy and the blah 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 and my planet's gonna blow up Ugh. yeah make a joke about it and fucking thor spinning on a chain and that's the thing like, too. wait wait hold on no hold on, hold on. come <laughs> on, go on, on. Come <laughs> but like that's that's the thing too you'll you'll come to learn in when you get because you're getting close when you get to avengers infinity war because thor doesn't like to talk about his problem he's trying to stay strong he's trying to stay like emotionally strong yes he's lost so much in his life already yes and like you haven't even reached the end of thor Ragnarok. no i've met i've met hella yeah and i was met like hella she's his... gonna be fun oh wait yeah, yeah that hasn't been revealed yet yeah anyway again i'm only <laughs> i've only gotten to her showing Sorry, I'm up very and, excited thor Ragnarok is one of my favorites but and uh, making it to asgard you know on the so you're Rainbow on Asgard thing. right now. Yes, and then okay. I was like, I'm going to stop it here because cool. it's 9.30 at night, guys. I need to go to bed. So late. I'm so tired. So late. <laughs> so that's cool. I'm excited. So you get now, now you got to finish that. you got Black Panther coming up, and then Infinity War. The big it's Infinity War. Black Panther on your DVD set you gave me? It is not. So it is, it's going to be on Disney Plus the first week of March, but if you're oh, going to reach good. it before then, I can give you... I gave it to you before that. Well, the first week of March is tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. So I true. think I'm going to be okay. Good, yeah. <laughs> and then Infinity War. Infinity War. And then Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ant-Man and the Wisps. Wasp Man and Ant-Man the Ant-Man and the Will of the Wisps. And then Captain Endgame? Marvel. Captain Marvel. Marvel yes. And then Endgame. And you said I could just watch the Captain Marvel porn parody and I can get the gist <laughs> of it? Like you, you, That was your exact words when I asked you. There is an important <laughs> plot development in Captain Marvel other okay. than introducing you to Captain Marvel. Okay. Um, so I'm going to let you know like Captain Marvel is about on par with like the other um, um, origin movies. So it's not like great. It's, mm-hmm. it, it made a billion dollars. So a lot of people think it's great. In my sure. opinion, it's not like amazing like the way like like Homecoming and Thor Ragnarok and and like Guardians Two that you know that's, that's your fate that's your favorite too yes. but like so it's not it's not as good as your favorites but you know it's it's still it serves the plot okay and it takes place in the nineties ooh yeah so nine inch nail <laughs> shirts and nine inch nails and, and sound garden and no doubt sound and, and the cable guy the cable guy <laughs> <laughs> like I'm so looking forward to losing this bet oh me too I want to do this thing so badly but anyway oh <laughs> uh, yeah so cool so you're caught up with one more movie you're almost to the you're almost to the you're almost to Endgame. Nice. Yes, I'm excited. I'm excited to, to, to get your reaction, at least, to Infinity War. And technically, you can stop there. So I was trying to gauge your excitement okay. going, on, going forward. So I'm digging it. So shall we move on, Getting then, to the, to, the, to, to the meat the, of this episode? To the happiness. The happiness that is Spanish love songs. Brave faces, everyone. This... this now, now, do you have any history with this band whatsoever? I have never heard of this band. Right. I've just um, heard Daniel talk about them. Correct. And that's like, my introduction well, to them. He's giving them high praises, mm-hmm. so I should probably listen to them, and then eventually I did. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, exactly what you said. Like, I, I, I only know of them because of Daniel's hyping it up, 
and then I I found out they had an album coming out this year. I don't remember. I don't know what the album release date is. It was February something. February something. So, and this are, is album number three. Correct. So we had Giant Sings the Blues from 2015, mm-hmm. which is their 2018 album, which moderate. is. Well, the, of saying Giant Sings the Blues oh, sure. is moderate. Okay. To, if I haven't heard not it. mediocre, um, and then Schmaltz. That's what it was. 2018, yeah, I what it was. which apparently kind of got them a little bit more on. I, I don't know if it would be considered a breakout. It might but be just getting them attention. I think maybe. this is their breakout album. This is the one that's garnering all the Wrong. attention. Schmaltz is good hmm. in like a 7 out of 11 kind of way, okay. in my opinion. I haven't heard it. There's some, There's at least two really, really, really good songs on there. One is called Otis slash Carl. Okay. Another is called The Boy Considers His Haircut. It makes okay. more sense when you hear the song. All right. It's really good, though. What's the song about? Um, Him. It's about him. Getting a haircut? In his life. And... Is it all, the, all the things that he wants in his life. I don't want to ruin it for you, Mike. Oh, wow. You that, have to be surprised. It's that powerful of a song. I think it's great. Wow, okay. I'll be so, checking that out today yeah. then. Um, those were the two like great songs on that album, and there's five other pretty good songs. Okay. But, and then another four where I'm just like, yeah, maybe this band is kind of hit or miss. All right. So should we at least <clears throat> talk about our conversation last week before we move on to track one? I was... So yes, we were sitting in a restaurant. We were. A Greek restaurant. A Greek restaurant, eating food. I was eating brown rice. You were eating something vegetarian. Falafel. Probably. Falafel, yes. We are so gay. A giant falafel <laughs> that I could not eat. I had to eat with a dull knife. That <laughs> I swear to God, cutting through this pita bread with the dullest knife to talking, ever exist. Talking about Brave New World. Ta- uh, talking about wait, Brave Faces, everyone. Yes, that one. Yeah. and like, like It was the most surreal experience of my life. <laughs> right. Um. Because it, it's a, it's an album about pain and sadness, and Mike's sitting here with this knife that he can't cut his falafel yeah, with. This is he, this he is understands. This is my Spanish love songs right that here. That was man. like one of the B sides to this album was saying the same exact dull thing. knife. Yeah, dull that's the name knife. of the song. Yeah, I want to cut my falafel, but I can't. I can't fit it in my mouth. So I was they only... overestimated my ability to eat this pita bread. So I was only six listens in, uh, and you know how right I on the cusp. I need eight listens to get a full understanding <laughs> of an album. Sometimes I'll give up on an album by listen seven. Should I? Because I'm like, it's not going to change. I should I tell the listeners what your exact words were to me? Yes, I'm not feeling it as much. I can hear it, but I'm not feeling it. I said is what you said. This album has everything I would want in an album. It yes. has storytelling. It has loud guy screaming at me in in words that i can understand in a cracking voice in a cracking voice and you like can hear connor oberst you could hear all of his sadness in his voice and you can see the visualizations in his story writing or songwriting mm-hmm. and storytelling and but at listen six i still was not hearing the hooks and that was the day that we talked so i was like i don't know if I, my opinion will change on this mm. in the next two listens shall granted, we move on granted for the world Three new listens in. Oh, we're, we're good. We're good. Shall, shall we move on? We're good. we're good. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, then let's move <laughs> or else on. I would then. have said, Mike, you know, we should review this Amity Affliction album. Oh, something about dreaming. Yes. So anyway, <laughs> the the new <laughs> Amity Affliction album came out this past week, and Adam reminded me that since Let the Ocean Take Me, we've done a track by track review of every one of their albums. Right. Except today. So more on that later. Brave new faces, everyone. Brave Let's faces, go everyone. With track one. Routine pain. <laughs> oh man. So 
Just a short little intro track, not too long, it's about a minute and fifty. Oh, I'm sorry, it's like four minutes long. What am I thinking of? You're talking about Coffin by the Amity Affliction. You're right, that's the one that was... (laughs) So anyway... This song is dope. This is an amazing intro to this fantastic album. Uh, If you follow us on Facebook... Uh, you'll see Daniel's review of it, which he gave a very rare five out of five. Whoa. Uh, nothing but glowing uh, recommendations over on, on Daniel's side. We got a cool little uh, discussion in that comment section with Weeds, and he had his take on it, and we kind of discussed that take and how he kind of, on first impression, I guess, the negativity is a little overwhelming. Right. But as you dig deeper, you start to understand that there are this, this this interestingly enough this album is about positivity and trying to stay positive and trying to have hope trying to have in hope in a hopeless world of the shitty thing and that was before the stock market crash and that was before this week. the coronavirus has killed us all yes and now we're <laughs> headed towards another recession it's march 2nd everyone <laughs> but luckily now my friends might be able to afford a house someday that's all of once that the stock market crashes yes i look forward to that <laughs> It's on its way, Mike. It's dropped ten percent in I've been, five I've, days. I've been, <laughs> I've been, I've been waiting for it. So this song, I had never had a problem with getting behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this song like, hooks you in right away. Too. One out of one, baby. Mm, that's exactly right. Yeah, and and, and 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 Daniel makes a firm point about the bass in this album. Yes, bass. And, and, and on the production note, everything's produced exactly where it needs to be. The guitar is exactly where it needs to be. The the, the the drums snap at just the right pitch and the bass follows and feeds your blood your stream your bloodstream so well I love that's it a, that's a really disturbing mm. way of putting it but I agree fills me baby I'm not gonna put it on par with early 2000s AFI Rise Against because yeah. that was that was a perfect moment <laughs> in time that's a good that yeah. will never be replicated that even was a by whole those bands decade ago bro two no, decades two ago. decades ago bro <laughs> But this this has its moments where it's trying to get to that level, mm-hmm. and I enjoy it when it's there. Yeah, being that this was my first introduction to the band, already blo- blown away. When you were listening to the band's discography, did you listen to this one first? I listened to all three albums at the same exact time. But you had to have listened to an album first. Was it was it this one or was it the first? I think album? I listened to this one first, and okay. then went backwards. Went backwards, yes, okay. and found the other two. So you had a good, you had the same first impression that I did. But okay. it's tough to like absorb thirty songs. Is the same. All at once. Yeah, I try not like to 10. do that. Yeah. Uh, but I needed to because for that's, for that's new bands, like I like to listen to the. I, I guess I've I've grown attached to the fact, like, attached to the idea of listening to their new stuff first. And if they pull me in, I'll go back and listen to their uh, previous stuff to kind of get the get the growth. And I can absorb it all at the same time because that's the kind of man I am. You're you're just a better man than me. <laughs> Fan of the people. Uh, when are ready? One of my favorite songs here, track two, self-destruction as a sensible career choice. It's got a just makes sense. Beautiful, it's got a beautiful flow. We're slowing the tempo down a little bit just for a tad. A lot of choice lyrics here. I wish I would have written down some of the lyrics. I should have done that. Mm. I I thought this was going to be more of a back and forth than me. I didn't realize. Now you're all in. (laughs) You're all in. (laughs) Brave faces, everyone. This song took a while to grow on me. Interesting. I enjoy that guitar, obviously. It was just the hook on the chorus. Not as strong as Mm. Routine Pain or other choruses yet to come. I thought that's interesting because this was one of the choruses that stood out to me right away. 
It took me a little bit of a time. Okay. But I'm there. Nice. I'm okay. You joined the club. But it's it, it, it picks up on all of those bands that we enjoy yeah. most of the time anyway. It's got that, that Wonder Years vibe, like you mentioned. This is almost plagiarism of the Wonder Years. Yes. Yeah. And then you got your Greg Menzinger mm-hmm. stuff. Early stuff sounds like trophy eyes. Which not, trophy not eyes? in a good way. Like new trophy eyes? I would say it like sounds American like Dream? bad old trophy eyes. Bad old. So it's like aggressive. <laughs> it's very aggressive, yes. But oh, okay. it's like not good. So they worked up to Midwest, Midwestern emo. Yeah. I thought they would have been that way the whole they've, time. They've come down a few notches. Like the first album is, I feel, more aggressive than this. But okay. that's okay. Especially with the album title like Schmaltz. You know, so is that more kind of I was emo-ish? saying more on the Giant Sings of Blue stuff. I okay. would say Schmaltz is in the same vein as this. As this one? Yeah. Okay. Just not as good? Not as good of songs. Okay. Yes. See, that hurt my Why? that hurt my spirit right you there when he said that. Like all these morons in their 30s sitting in bars, sing us a nostalgia song. Nobody cares about you anymore. And I just, you know what? Somehow you had your shuffle on. We're on track five right now. So I'm well, going. there you go. <laughs> right now we're talking about track five, beachfront property. The flow is... We already... This, this, Damn this review is botched. <laughs> I thought we were on Generation Loss. Uh, no. So, uh, well, what do you think of beachfront property? It's, it's, like this, this is a good song about, like, um, what do you call it? Uh, cla- this, this is kind of a classism yes. type of... You know, every, single, every single city is the same. Yeah. Doom and gloom under mm-hmm. a different name. You, yeah, you've got like you've got like your you've got your beautiful houses here and then like a block away you've got like tents and shacks and, and, and low income housing and Man. you know, we just kind of ignore that part of town because oh look, beachfront property. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. It's beautiful, isn't it? It's just like living in LA, California, where they're from. Mm. <laughs> Inspiration. So, I had the same feeling about this song as I did Generation Loss. Okay. It took me a while to grow on. Well, we'll get there in a two songs from now. Okay. Uh, yeah. Th- as far as like a socially conscious song, I think this one, it it it, it does kind of have that. Uh, it it is trying to sound preachy, but it's not trying to tell you what to think. It's trying to just kind of present you the problems that are being faced, and not. It's not trying to tell you this is the solution. It's just saying this is how it affects me, and it, it's. I think it kind of trusts the listener to think for themselves still you know it's not trying to it's not trying to force any ideas on you which I yes. which I which I respect when bands do that okay now track two self-destruction as a sensible career choice if you don't want to listen to have other people tell you how to think yes I don't know why you would listen to music if you didn't want to feel that way. that's true don't <laughs> listen to rise against or the used or kid rock kid rock <laughs> so yeah so Still dropping the tempo down just a tad from Routine Pain, but still we're still kind of like in that, um, still more upbeat kind of kind of kind of tone. The way that they kind of marry the music to the to the doom and gloom of the lyrics. Um, love this chorus. Yeah, right. Good. Took me a while to grow on me. Mm-hmm. Is of, it kind of schmaltzy? Kind of hoppy. Yeah, it's kind of hoppy. Hoppy? Like you can see people hopping. Yeah, stealing I, lines from the Counting Crows right there. Oh, there's is, is a couple of stealing of line stealings. But that's mm. okay. That's okay. I don't know if he's trying to do that. It's or an, if in the industry we call that an homage. <laughs> <laughs> we called it a tribute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love this chorus. This chorus like uh, hopped out to me, like jumped out to me, like immediately it's because of how kind of off kilter it is. You know, it won't like be this way forever. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I like kind of like this. 
I like this verse a lot more, but that's okay. Yeah, and you, and you can hear that you can hear that bass, the flowing bass, really well in the, in the verses. Yes. And the dueling guitars, perfect, perfect. They're not trying to like outdo themselves, out, outdo each other. Right, they're just perfectly complementing each other. Right. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Should move on to now. Jeffrey. We can move over to Generation Loss as long as it doesn't shuffle, which it doesn't. Generation Loss, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Dave said this was his favorite song. I believe so, far. so as well. Yes. Yeah. And Dave, your daughter is damn cute. Isn't as the she? Lion King. God damn it! God damn. She said, but he said that she likes New Lion King, so I don't like her anymore. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Those emotionless lions. <laughs> It's really weird watching that one. I tried. I gave it like ten minutes. But oh, I couldn't gosh. do it. It's so <laughs> jarring. Like that. That. That original. Like why? Why do it if you're gonna do it in that realistic style? Back to the song. Anyway, <laughs> this song is dope AF. Yeah. It, I'm, it like, is. The, like several of these songs will make it to my end of the year list. Oh man, no this doubt. is. Spoiler alert! This album is like already. I'm gonna say contender for al- album of the year, top ten. At we'll least, see. well, top ten. I, I would have no doubt. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. This is so this far is... my favorite album of the year. It's followed, followed closely behind by Halsey. It's man- manic. Halsey. So this is the millennial, like mm-hmm. millennial scum song. It is, and it's not. Like, we don't want to explain ourselves to you idiots anymore, so we're just gonna yeah. kill ourselves into the ocean. Right. But again, it's not like it's not trying to force ideas or solutions on your throat it's still just trying to express themselves and what they're going through which i think is a more in my opinion it's a more effective way of trying to get a message across just use empathy to to try to to, to try to convince people of you know of what we're going through there people another, who might not know there's another band that talked about the ocean and throwing themselves in it undertoes i'm not sure something about a dream mm. <laughs> Is the dreamer dead yet? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, like this song yeah. obviously so we have, got me. Yeah, we have songs that are about the generational divide, which is like generation loss here, and we have songs that are about the economic divide as well. And all these, all these people who are around this age, were like teenagers, if not younger, yeah. during the last recession, not the one we're currently going to yes. have, but the last one. <laughs> it's March second. We are currently in a recession. <laughs> I just found out about this. And I didn't know how that would affect people who were children in 2008 to 2010 when it was really, really bad. Mm -hmm. But now that I've gotten to know a lot of them in their 20s, they are incredibly fearful of their money. And they all think that, oh, but I'm 25. I'm supposed to be like a millionaire by now. It was supposed to be so easy for me. Everybody just told me to keep on working. And the idea about a lot of these songs and the ideas that are, are, are being presented in the songs is that like we're not trying to be better than the generations past we just want the same opportunities as this right. generations past and, no and no you're just not trying hard we're enough. not trying hard if enough. only you just walked up to the job and they gave you that job and yeah. you stayed there for 65 years if only you just worked part-time while you're in college to pay off your college yes then you'd be as successful as me as the baby boomer <laughs> You know, it's not an entitlement thing. It's about like understanding that like the opportunities are not there anymore because the because the economy is fucked. It's down the tubes. Yeah. Don't look at your four hundred one k. Don't do it. Adam did it. He's a broken man. That's this is the only reason why he's 
he understands Bray faces everyone because he saw the 401k. But when I listened to this album last week, I was still in an okay place. Right. <laughs> We're not in a recession yet. But this week we are. So now I get it even more so. Yeah, exactly. Now I know exactly what they've been talking about for this last decade. Track four, track four. is a kick. Bleeds right into track four, by the way. I'm going to say this is a song about a friend doing heroin. Mm-hmm. Not my favorite song on this album. You know what? I, I dig it. I dig all the songs you, you here. You kick it. You kick it. Kick it. I kick it right back into my ears. There's this one. I think each song complements the last. So tell me what's great about this one, my friend who's never known anybody to do drugs. Well, it's again, it's about that empathy. <laughs> you know, I don't relate to all of the problems presented in this song. There's a lot right. of stuff on this album that I do relate to, um, maybe which is why I love it so much. But, uh, you know, songs like this, just like with... Um, What's the name of that Wonder Years song about his friend going, he's going to his friend's funeral? Cardinals. Cardinals, yeah. Or Stainless Steelings, or my number I, one song of the year that I can't remember the name of right now. <laughs> that one. <laughs> yes. That one. Yeah. Cigarettes and Cigarettes Saints. Cigarettes and Saints, yeah. Yes. That song, that, like, that, I love that song, not because I can relate to it, but because I can empathize with it, and the storytelling is beautiful, and it, it, and it pulls you in, and it just makes... And it brings you to the space that the lead singer is, is, is trying to bring you to. And he's so perfectly, um, and he so perfectly encapsulates it with the, with the pain and the emotion behind his voice, behind his Connor O'Burst-like voice. I like this, this guitar riff on the verse here. Mm-hmm. I'm just not a fan of the chorus. It's okay. It's okay. World's gonna, world's gonna kick you, kick you anyway. I know. No matter what I think, mm-hmm. whether I like this album or not, the world will kick me. Yes. And there's that hopelessness that's a, th- that's a through line throughout the album, which on first impression, I can understand that it might be overwhelming. It might just be a, whoa, oh God, look at these millennial scums you know, whining and about and your heroin addictions but, yeah. and your single motherhood. Yeah. We never had to experience that <laughs> in previous generations. Right. There was no heroin. There was no fatherless children because the good yeah that, only a problem for you people yeah exactly <laughs> and who makes fatherless children you boomers <laughs> i only fathered a child and left what what is that what's the problem with that oh that's true it that doesn't make me a childless father i thought you were pointing you it <laughs> doesn't make me a fatherless child i forget what it is i'm just saying we relate to the song <laughs> So this one you're not you're just not feeling because of the chorus? No, I, okay. I gave up on this one after listen number nine. Okay, it's okay. But you know what? It's not terrible, but it's just not the thing. Because Mike's opinion is the the final opinion. Yes. You're, you guys are allowed to like the song because I do. You're allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is this is this is this is one thing that like kind of kind of confuses me why because it's about on the same I I put it on the same pedestal as the other songs we we just heard. Interesting that you. Yeah. All right, we're gonna skip track five for now since you already heard it. Uh, track number six, losers. Part one. Part one. Nineties references. Why? What's that a reference to? Ace Ventura. A movie I haven't seen in like twenty years. Right. Mm. But you were like six when it came out. That's so true. I, yeah. I, I, I just remember him like talking at his butt. I have to remember that you didn't see movies. That <laughs> I saw. In the I saw 90s. Batman when you were three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw 
He's been using Brand X. <laughs> Mirror. Anyway, it's television. Mirror. Television we're stealing from our parents. Mike, can you relate mm-hmm. to that? So you know, it's a, it's a song about how you steal television from some people out there, and I steal television I? from other people out there. I'm just saying, we borrow. We do we. This generation can relate to this song so much. Yeah, it's a They're song about like everything. living. Yeah, living with your parents. Mom, what's your password? What's your Wi-Fi Netflix? password, Mom? Mom? Yeah, because we don't have a choice. We can't afford to I live know. anywhere else. We're living in the slums of LA, yeah. paying sixteen hundred dollars for, for a studio apartment. For a studio apartment that we share <laughs> with, with two other families. Other men. <laughs> With eight other men and children. Well, that's how great bands like Spanish love songs are born. They just because they share a space so intimately. Yes. So yeah, it's 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 that it's that anxiety of like, what happens when my parents die, and like I can't booch off them anymore. Am I gonna fucking die too? Well, then you'll have to be taking care of your own children and letting them booch off of you. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just saying, family, we're all gonna live in this overpriced studio apartment. Luckily, when your children are young. You don't have to worry about them so much. Mm-hmm. It's when they're adults and they need to borrow your Wi-Fi password yeah. and Netflix password. That's when the real problems start. Yeah. I'm, I'm stealing Adam and Don's uh, Netflix password, by the way. <laughs> and they're stealing my Disney Plus, so hey, it evens out. <laughs> all I remember is being offered. <laughs> yes. I didn't, I didn't get their Netflix password until they offered it. <laughs> You're putting all this information out on the internet. Correct. Their Netflix password is <laughs> Anyway. I don't even know what it is. I know what it is. I know off the top of my head. It gets harder, doesn't it? It gets harder, doesn't it? It does get really... Yeah, it's, it's, another, it's another bleak song, but there is kind of like a little bit of hope out there that like I'm, I'm pretty sure things will get better, and if we just keep hanging on, if we just keep believing, if we prepare for it, then things are going to get better. Eventually. I'm not sure when. But, but Netflix is only like twelve ninety nine a month, and it's Disney Plus is only six ninety nine so for the basic plan. So it's not that bad. You don't have to steal it for. There's a lot more great stuff on Disney Plus than there is on Netflix, really and difficult. I steal most <laughs> most digital media. Let's be honest here, because <laughs> you're a loser forever. That's me. Yeah, and that's kind of like how you feel, too, when you're stealing your best friend's Netflix password, you know? <laughs> you logged into my my passwords and found it and then stole it. I did, yeah. I was not gifted I it. It's more difficult to start your own account and then cancel the old account that you're already on. Yeah. That's more complicated to do than, than stealing just, somebody just else's use one. somebody yeah, else's. Yeah, exactly. It's so, so easy it. to steal somebody it. else's. Yeah. I get it. I remember you saying when Netflix went up from nine ninety nine mm-hmm. to ten ninety nine, you're like, I'm done with Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> also, keep in mind, I was I was the sole income earner for four people at my in my old life. That's true. Yeah, one dollar. And also the line in the chorus here: My bleak mind says it's cheaper just to die. Right. How low in your life do you have to get where you think that it's a viable financial option right. to die rather than just continue living? Well, We've all thought it. Right? What you learn after you're not a millennial anymore is that you'll get life insurance, and then that will be hammered home even more so. <laughs> <laughs> it gets harder, doesn't it? Yeah. But um, yeah, beautiful song. I think it's a very strong chorus, and it does. And just like with the first half of the album, it like so ex- expertly presents a problem, but doesn't overly preach to you. Right. Now, this is track seven. 
kind of the opposite of self-destruction. This is optimism as a radical life choice. Going to years live again. Going, yeah, little wonder years. Is this the Take Me Out Back and Shoot Me song? I think so. Yeah. yeah. This is the other one I'm not digging so much. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it, it, the, the tonal shift is a little different. I mean, it's a little jarring, but I think it does complement. We, we can't stay up here forever, right? Tonally. And I like this song because it's like. Because the message, too, is very important as people like me like to overthink and we want to kind of do our part in the world we kind of realize we can't because we're just propping up rich assholes and like and waiting for the next mass shooting waiting for the next mass shooting and not being able to do anything about it what are we going to do like change our Facebook profile to pick like oh thoughts and prayers everyone <laughs> we did it and then by supporting Facebook we're supporting Mark Zuckerberg that fucking alt-right fascist <laughs> Oh. He, he is a robot. He is that uh, that alt-right robot <laughs> who was once Mark Zuckerberg. But, yeah, and it's... Yeah, take me out back, shoot me. But, uh, and, and it's just a song that, that just constantly... Um, it's, it's stuff that, like, I've thought about, too. Like, like I'm, I, I want to support these companies, but, like, I want to support, like, a small coffee shop, but they get their coffee from, like, from, like, fucking south american mafias <laughs> you know i it don't all, know about that but sure but not? you know because like there's uh, i've seen like documentaries about like the coffee trade and how like ah, it's kind yes. of owned by like colombian drug lords some right. it's, it's, for, it's, to some extent and i'm like what the fuck i can't even get coffee now no but it's like everything that you do you're like supporting some some bullshit like thing that's like tearing right. down the forest or killing animals or it's like you can't even like do good in the world without like hurting something else and that's what this song is about and it's like oh my god oh. but like i swear to god i'm an optimist i swear it's, it's trying a, to be i'm just trying know, my best to be an optimist but like i can't i know too much about the world yeah already. and it's it, thanks it's to a, the internet before the internet we didn't know any of this crap and, and it's a good and that's a good point too because like sometimes maybe it's better to feign ignorance I know. because maybe maybe we are happy not happier not knowing all the all the horrible shit in the world because like if we do, then we. How can we live? How can we go support like, like I said, a, co- a coffee shop that gets their color coffee from Colombian drug lords? Right. That's know? one thing that Hassan Minaj said on his show. That this generation is the, having to be too, like, empathetic. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's like, okay, so I decided I'm gonna care about this random issue. Yeah. But I'm not gonna care about plastic straws. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's like I'm just letting it go. Yeah, it's like it's like I want to I I want to do my part to help the world, but like with all the information overload that that constantly comes at us every single day, like Mm -hmm. how do I know that I'm actually doing the right thing? How do I know that like I'm not in 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 in, in supporting one thing? I'm not I'm hurting something else. Right. This is the whole fiber one bar debate uh, fiber one bar i mean yeah. you're, they're eating one so that maybe you can have a better bowel movement in the mm-hmm. morning but then you got mike's ex-girlfriend telling you that it's chemtrails gonna you, bro it's gonna give you cancer chemtrails bro <laughs> it's like still holding on to that i'm never gonna let it go five years five years later he's still holding on to that exactly four years later <laughs> almost five yeah, so, well it was december yeah so it's just we're, we're, there's too much information out there yeah so back off from the facebooks and the yeah. instacarts and, and the you have and like I think that's kind of like a good message that this song presents is that you can, you kind of have to like 
put things in perspective sometimes and you just have to do the best that you believe in your heart to do because like a lot of that stuff is outside of your control and you just have to remain positive and spread the good message Yo, we're still gonna put gas in our car we yeah can't stop we that. can't <laughs> stop that even though we're supporting fucking middle eastern drug lords <laughs> This is losers. Muslim drug lords. <laughs> this is losers part two. The song. I feel like one of the strongest songs yes. on this album. Now, did you feel that this song spoke to you in the chorus? This entire fucking album speaks to me. But yes, this song in particular definitely does. The song is pretty harsh. It is, yeah, and it's and I think good. it's it, it, I think it's this album is really good at like telling the listener harsh truths and not holding back. Yes. And kind of making you feel a little uncomfortable sometimes because you need to kind of hear these things. And then again, you listen to a guy who lost his house yeah. in 2008. Yeah. You nobody really pays attention to what was going on with like the kids of those people who lost their houses. Exactly. There's, yeah. Like millions of them out here. And now they're like adults now, and they're like, we're and they're, and they're struggling, the fuck out. and they're freaking out, and they're struggling, and like the people in power don't give a shit nope. and that's a problem you're not trying hard because you're not trying hard enough just oh you only back. work two jobs Ugh. just think about how we did in the 80s when everything was good yeah that's all you gotta do yep i'm gonna put that on mike's tombstone yep <laughs> it's and it's set and, and this is a song about the perpetual cycle of being poor you're poor because you were born poor and you can't escape that because being poor, you're not you're not awarded the same opportunities and stuff as people who were born a little bit more wealthy. And I think that's and that, and, and and it really contextualizes that that it's it's kind of a bullshit phrase, but that check your privilege pray, uh, phrase like it recontextualizes it because like you do kind of have to be conscious of the fact that like all the things that were awarded to me in my life were. Yes, I did work for them, but like also I was put into a better position than maybe people who weren't as fortunate, you know? And it doesn't mean that you have to like give away all of your all of your belongings and go live in the woods like Adam's going to do as soon as we're done recording this episode. No, I'm taking my being of notion <laughs> albums and get out of here. <laughs> there's a good there's a good forest right up there, right right up north. But like that doesn't mean like get rid of all your belongings to so they can all remain equal. It just means be count your blessings and like understand that like not everybody is awarded these uh, same opportunities you know so true yeah well we all had a fun time back in the housing crisis of 08 to <laughs> 2010 or 11 right um, we all got to know people really well during that time yeah out in this area and you know they were in these guys were in LA I'd like to assume that they grew up in San Bernardino County and mm-hmm. lived all that and uh, worked their way up to maybe LA or, yes. no they were probably just from there studio apartment yeah. $1,700 and correct 85 cents which is, which is on the low end I know it's pretty good um see Mike you're not you're not bailed out by your parents no because my parents are poor I know yeah and my dad's a loser what are you gonna do when they're dead though I'll uh, be really sad when my mom's dead. Is that when the dream dies? <laughs> the dreamer <laughs> is now dead. Who dreams now, dreamer? <laughs> yeah, this song fucking spoke to me so much, and like, and like, I, I'm, I'm trying to do good, my best in my life. You know, I'm not as you know, and I and I I do always like a little personal here, but like, I always feel like super inadequate, like when I'm like around like my wife and her friends who are all like college educated, all college educated and they're going to all have like great jobs. 
and I'm around you and your wife who are college educated and have great jobs and like have a beautiful house and you know and I have an all right house but you know it's not my house it took so long to get a decent office but yes yeah (laughs) (laughs) but uh you know and I and I and I always think that like am I going to perpetually be in this cycle forever you know and it's like you know, I'm doing my best, but like, your best. what 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 else can I do other than my best? I think hang around with people who are better than you, right? And then aspire. Adam, never catch up, but just always <laughs> want to catch up. Is that a good way of putting it? Yes. <laughs> never catch up, but at least have the inspiration to catch up. Because as soon as you do catch up, we'll, we'll push you back down. <laughs> As my betters, yes, you will. Yeah, you have to keep me down, keep me down there. And is this, this is uh, track nine, Dolores. Slow like it down this, just a bit. This is bringing it down a few notches. Yeah. but I like the song. It's it is. It's a it's a beautiful little prelude to the final track, yes. which I think sums up the whole message of the album so perfectly, especially those last four lines. Yes. And um, mm, Dolores, yeah, it's a pretty good track. I don't I have like too much as, to say about it. Yeah, it feels very transitional, but. That's kind of cool. This band really went out on a limb because when you listen to the first two albums, you're just like, well, this band's probably not going to get too much better than mm. where they were at by boom. Schmaltz. Then they, like, then they, then they whipped out good. their big emo cock, laid yes. it right on the table, like, boom, brave faces, like, everyone. Boom. Suck on that. Suck on that poor shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have health care. I wouldn't trust what's on that. <laughs> 2008 pounds, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, so Dolores, it's a it's a song about a woman named Dolores. It's, you know, I don't have too much to say about it. More or less. More or less. So let's go ahead and move on then to the final track, child title track, Brave Faces Everyone. Beautiful way to end the album, bookending, uh, routine pain. And uh, it sums up the entire message of the album. We don't have Agreed. to fix everything at once. Thank you. As long as somebody tells me that, then I believe I don't have to do it. Mm-hmm. Except for the 36 people I talk to every week. I'm supposed to fix them. Well, Remember, don't forget that. Yes. But other than that, I'm going to be You okay. are providing a service for them. Brave yes. faces. We don't have to fix everything at once. We were never broken. Life's just very long. Brave faces, everyone. But I thought Best life was luck. short. <laughs> when you are struggling constantly, like life is very long man i thought time flies when you're comfortable children grow up so fast in the blink of an eye when you're comfortable yes (laughs) no none of that is true Mm. life is very long it is a great man named george carlin told me that once in 1976 Mm -hmm. on the first episode of saturday night live (laughs) (laughs) was he really really the first yes really and he was like everybody tells you life is so short life is long (laughs) <laughs> don't worry about it you're gonna have lots of time to fix your shit <laughs> well, well he didn't yeah, use that I mean granted right. if you don't put, die in a fucking accident you come down with the coronavirus and I, <coughs> d- and I don't I, I'm, I'm immune <coughs> my privilege keeps me immune <laughs> you just keep throwing your your spare money at it and it just and stays and stays that it keeps it at bay I know so I want to note this this good choice this good decision he was paying off since 23 was mm. like a motorcycle or something it's probably a motorcycle <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's my next big uh, uh, investment I want to get a motorcycle sometime soon but it's also people in their 20s taking his words seriously about like if you're pissed off in your 20s 
it doesn't mean the rest of your life is going to be shit. Right. You know, you can channel that energy into something positive. So which many I think people is a good think message to have. That's why people get married when they're like 20, 21 years old. I don't know if you know anyone. I've who's never done known that anybody before. who's done that. Um, and a lot of times they end up not so happy and worked out. Well, when but you, you marry reach... somebody that's not right for you, then yeah. Yeah, but when you're twenty, twenty-one, it's like this is this is where I'm going to be. I'm going to be like this forever. Mm-hmm. I got to hook up with somebody now because that dating pool of your thirties. Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> who would who? Would date me as a thirty-year-old. Broken goods. Broken, damaged, goods. damaged goods. That's me. But you got to take that shit seriously because life is going to evolve. Yeah. A million times between twenty and fucking eighty, mm-hmm. and don't think that you're stuck like this forever, regardless yeah. of what your background was. And I think that's your the financial ov- crises. Yeah, and that's the overall kind of message of this album, and I, and I like the sentiment of the term brave faces everyone it's not telling you be strong because i think that's disingenuous i think as long as you try to stay brave i think it's a better message to put out there than just like oh suck it up and be strong because that's what the boomers tell you and like what do they know idiots (laughs) (laughs) perhaps i I think yeah he said over there that's not what we need like we like but if you stay brave though i think that's a better message to put out there because you can do a lot by being brave not necessarily by staying strong because in the in the in in the in the world that we live in that is scary and it is kind of information overload and a lot of people are needlessly suffering despite the fact that they don't need to be suffering Mm -hmm. like if you stay brave we can fix things and we can make things better for not only ourselves but the generations that are coming I think that's kind of and I kind of want to live my life that way too you know I want to maybe not necessarily change the world but like i want to at least do my best to make my daughter better than me in every way and like make she, sure that she is already i, I sure it is <laughs> which is good like she's when i was taller than you she's when I was, smarter than you <laughs> when i was when i was 11 years old i was a fucking mess man and like i would hate to have her live that same life it wouldn't, we know when I was when I was her age, so. And don't forget that the baby boomers said all the same stuff when they were millennials. What? They were the hippies of the, in their twenties, and they were all I actually saw letting go of the past like decades and trying to come together and make things right, right and communally. Yeah. And then they fucked it up, of course. And then the but, greatest generation just kind of like, oh, these 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 idiots, these, these spoiled brats, yeah, who didn't live through the depression like us, yeah. You didn't live on 45 cents a day like me. Yeah. Well, the boomers were raised not only by the greatest generation, but also the forgotten generation, who were just kind of the ones who didn't really go to war, but they're just kind of like the in-betweeners. The people born in the 30s? Right, when they weren't like old enough to go to get drafted. They went to Korea, some maybe, of them. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, they weren't like drafted, though. Maybe not. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like the, the hippies had all these same ideals. Right. You know, they just didn't have the internet to expound their ideologies right. on or to gain. So the energy is still, yeah, the energy is still out there. Yes. You know, and, but like. It's, it's maintaining it forever and then not bashing your children when they grow up and be like, oh, you're just so entitled. Yeah, you're that's, stupid, that's stupid the spoiled brat. That's the difference right yes. there. Is that like, is, is, is. I don't understand this generation. The people now. in power like to use that word entitled to kind of diminish the kind of diminish the message and kind of keep them down because it takes away from their power and it's 
and it's shitty. There you go. Brave faces, everyone. Brave faces, some but most. <laughs> if not everyone, but most of them. Adam, what is your uh, score? Eight for? out of ten. Oh, I'm gonna, so I'm gonna bump it up. I gave it a, a five out of ten uh, after six listens. So Dolores and Kick are kind of like your okay. Dolores songs. is good. It's a uh, optimistic. I'm oh, optimism. Opti- yeah, that Fuck, one. Dude, I love that song. Nah, dude. I don't need to be taken out back and shot in the head. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we feel. Those are I very swear to God, I'm an optimist. Slow choruses that okay. don't work so well. I get it. It's okay. Eight out of Eight ten. Out of 10. Good Pretty score, good. which is good. a lot better than because I was expecting this to be a back and forth of like, nah, man, you're wrong. This song sucks. <laughs> I'm like, no, no this I, song it, speaks to me. I know it's going, it, and that's the other thing too is like when you got one that's so over the top with the emotions, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to take some time to permeate through my hard exterior. Mm-hmm. I'm not just going to be like, oh, look at you talking about your feelings. Oh, and you know, as yeah. soon as, then I'm like, okay, I get it. You but I feelings. think also like on first listen to, like on first impression, this album can kind of come off that way it's like oh whiny little kids so much with their with your dumb emotions <laughs> but it's this is this is another album that kind of takes a few listens to kind of fully take in but and i then, i get more of the sense that they have been poor for a long oh, time oh yeah dude and they're like, not they're, just you like, don't you don't not the billy eilish's and claro's of the world where their parents were in the music industry right. and then they were like i want to be a pop star and then they were mm-hmm. um but these Did this you band know had to work for it that taylor swift's father Bought the record label that would eventually sign Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift, everyone. There you go. Taylor Swift. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. This band seems to be more genuine yeah. <laughs> than other <laughs> artists that are out there. Yeah. You can tell because of the song. The songwriting really is is that personal. You can tell it comes from a very real place. And that's what I love about it. And that's what I, that's what I appreciate about that stuff. Because you, you, when... When someone like, let's say, Silverstein tries to sing a song mm. about like, hey guys, we've got to rally together and like <laughs> fight the power. Like, fight shut the... up. Like, shut up, Shane. You what grew the up fuck in suburban you know? Canada. What the fuck do you know, Shane? <laughs> like, I, I understand. Like, it's cool that you want to be an ally, but you're like, you're fucking, you're so disingenuous. Fuck you, Shane. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe we'll learn that about Brian Pushane over here. Brian Hussein. <laughs> Someday we'll find out that he was actually raised in like, like Malibu or something like that, and then, yeah, his dad bought the record label right. that would eventually sign Spanish love songs. <laughs> what are they on? Pure Noise Records. I think so. His dad paid eighteen fifty for Pure Noise Records. Not one thousand eight hundred fifty dollars. Eighteen dollars and fifty cents. Exactly. <laughs> so, all right man I, but it, it sounds like it came from a place of genuinity yeah which a lot of bands that's why we connect with them because mm-hmm. you and i came from like poor downtrodden backgrounds right yeah some of us more than others i'm not gonna right. name who but it's it, it's some of us so many up, of us we there's no way to know <laughs> some of us grew up in houses others shacks grew up in in house-like structures well there was a roof there was a roof and a floor there was a roof and walls <laughs> <laughs> well you know in that order <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so you know that's that's all yeah I'm so it's stuff that we can relate to and like you know and, and and i hope that like and i hope that people listening to this give it more of a shot to try to and try to and, and try to realize that the lead singer isn't trying to nag or preach he's just trying to express their uh experiences right yeah it's in the definitely, best way that they can 
not as preachy on their first album. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit just more. So is their first punk. two albums? They're just kind of like just singing songs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, the the second album gets a little bit more. I guess if you want to say preachy is the word, mm. but um, not emotional. Not as in your face as this album yeah. definitely went. I like how the, how uncomfortable this album right. makes you feel, and and and. and you don't get that a lot. Like the last time I felt like this uncomfortable was probably like uh, uh, the Wonder Years, you know. This one feels a little bit more collective of mm-hmm. the generation, where Schmaltz is a lot more just about him. Okay, more so, personal. Yeah, more personal, I guess. Yeah, so, that's anyway. good. That's a good point. Good way to put it. So, Adam, how come we didn't uh, do a track by track of the Amity Afflictions? <sighs> Everyone loves you once you leave them. This is the follow up to uh, Misery, an album that we both liked and we thought we both felt that they were going in the correct direction with their music. Right. Kind of stepping away from that really tired um, formula that even the band admits Was that they're tired, tired of. It uh, ended up at about an 11... Number 11 on my 2018 list, I believe it was. Yeah, something like that. So, yeah, I was, I was hopeful for this, but when you look at the fact that it's only been... Two years. Less than that. It's yeah. been about 15 months oh, since, because wow. it came out in September of 2018. Oh, you're right. Yeah. So this is a quick turnaround. Maybe 15 months total. So I was doing a little bit of research too. They are no longer on uh, Roadrunner Records with this oh. album. Misery was their last one on their Roadrunner contract. They are now on Warner Brothers, oh. which is an even bigger sure label. Warner Brothers didn't buy out Roadrunner? I don't think so. I didn't read Man. anything about that. But uh, they are now on Warner Brothers. Now they are required to hawk target in order to get uh as part of their contract fulfillment for uh for this new album i mean i could i could probably add a target discussion into every single uh track i mean title well, i mean here. why not like you know what makes me feel like i'm in a coffin going to target do you think do you think you know target where, sells some good quality car- coffins do you know where people where when all my friends go to die walmart target. walmart not target <laughs> You know where I can buy bleach to soak myself in? Soak me in cleaning supplies. <laughs> you know where I feel like I'm sinking into a giant cavernous hurt, hole in the earth? Target. <laughs> you know where I never want to go to Target? Baltimore. <laughs> anyway, I can, so keep, I can go on for days. We're not going to do a whole track by track because, spoiler alert, I'm just going to say I fucking hate this cowardly album. This is I... a cowardly bullshit album. I think this is some of their worst material. I'm going to go with, it starts out good. Okay, Coffin, good song. Good opener, and I good like Coffin. All My Friends Are Dead. I hate that song. And then it just all goes... The chorus on there. All My Friends Are Dead is so bland and so boring. It is the definition of like cookie-cutter hardcore. Well, I like it, so I'm shut s- up. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not trying to shit on it. Every, but what about much- The Dreamer? What about, what about when the, the dreamer, dreamer Adams? Turn him inside out and soak him in bleach? Soak him in cleaning supplies. Can you imagine being on stage oh. and singing that line and seeing the crowd sing back to you, soak me, soak me, soak, soak me, me in bleach. bleach. Like I have that visual of being Aaron, Aaron, mm. Aaron, and having the crowd like chanting that back to me and being like, what the fuck did I just write? <laughs> 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 oh, this is when the dreamer dies. Oh no! 
You start the knot, you, you start the knot, I'll start the fire. You tie the knot, I'll start the <laughs> fire. You tie the knot, <laughs> you tie the knot, I'll start the fire. You tie the knot, I'll start the fire. All I do is a loneliness. Oh, a loneliness. Here's yeah. to loneliness, my friend. friend. You tie the knot, I'll start the fire. You tie the knot, I'll start <laughs> Here's to long. Oh my. So I'm going to say that forever. I have a question before we move on. Yes. Is is it mandatory for the Amity Affliction to have a cringeworthy, yes. awful track yes, on always. every one of their you, albums? You have to. I think that these ones were oh. less cringeworthy than the last album. Hello, it's you're back. Not as bad as Die My Darling and fucking D-I-E. Kick Rocks and all that. Kick Rocks. I-E. We're all going to D. I.E. I, 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 I still think that song is worse than everything on this album. But. You know what? <laughs> You're right. But there's this more consistently... This album's more consistently bad, I think. You got Coffin. It's like, okay, cool. I think I might like this one. Right. And then All My Friends Are Dead, which I heard yes. months ago, and it was awful. But I think the production got better because when I first heard it, like the the production on that first version, garbage. Like, like throw it throw it throw it in the fire like it's 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 it's, okay. it's done we're done like i'm not i'm done with this band but like the production seems to be much better than this one so i think i wonder if they just got it like remixed or something maybe but mm-hmm. i like that chorus and it gets I, me ready i'm just like yeah this is gonna be a great album everybody mm-hmm. and then it and and i like i like forever that's a pretty good song sure i don't and remember I, anything I about it gave a pass to catatonia oh the final song yeah i i don't like it at all okay mm. four out of eleven one out of eleven for coffee. You know what? Half. Point five <laughs> out of eleven. Because that song's only a minute fifty-five. Yeah, long. but it's a good intro. Now, are you gonna like get down on me all year long for liking three extra songs? No. Okay. Good. You're allowed to like what you want to <laughs> like, bro. No, I'm not. According to my this podcast, according to Amity <laughs> Affliction, from now on, it's what? all like. Okay, so the question now <laughs> is, what happened to the dreamer? What happened to the dreamer? <laughs> I don't know. It's just he, he got turned inside out. Soak me in bleach. Soak, mm, soak me in cleaning soak supplies. Me, soak me in bleach. Soak me in Ajax. Maybe and I feel one. like like Joel is done with this band. I feel like he is done. Like, I know. He's even writing about how he hates his life. Yeah. Even though he should be happy. So like, like, how much longer does this band have? Well, they're going to get dropped from Warner Brothers after this album. It's no doubt. No, dude. They're going to make a lot of money with this one. Do you want Girl Scout cookies? I think that's a... a you, the listener, if you guys would like some, uh, Girl Scout cookies, please yes. send $5 to Adam's P.O. Box. Yes, and I will send you those cookies. No. <laughs> for, no, he, yes, for us. Like, if you want to donate... Oh, yeah. No, I need, I need to get rid of these. Cause. Any any boxes we don't sell, you gotta pay for. I, we have to pay back or something Fuck. like that. I don't know how it works. Mm. Our troop has to pay it back. Oh, okay, <laughs> but anyway, I don't know what's going on with this band anymore, and I'm not yeah, too it, excited. It, to it find really out. sounds like nobody cared with this one. It sounds like they just kind of farted it out just to get an album out, mm-hmm. um, which but is strange because it's so it's, super fast. They're on a new label, so it's right. so strange to me. Warner Brothers probably would give them some extra time, you unless think. they were like, "Well, we got these these." 10, 11 songs already recorded. Yeah. Might I as well ch- put them out. I checked yesterday and the charts are not updated yet for this album. So I, I was I was actually curious to see if it dropped at all because I think it's going to chart really well in Australia 
their last five oh, albums were like number, number one, one in Australia. So, so this one will go number one there, obviously. You think so? Yeah, it's, okay. it's got to. They're still. I'm not, not saying that's going to drop off the top 200 forever, no. like completely. I'm just thinking like, well, maybe it's going to be like number seven or something. So either Joel's going to kill himself. I don't want anyone to kill themselves. they're going to take a long break because, I mean, I can imagine like if you're if you're releasing album after album after album that's going to number one in your home country, mm-hmm. like, but even you misery, can't just stop. Unless... Even misery went made to number one though. Right, that's, that's what's confusing to me. Like, did they really just give in to the elitists that are like no breakdown? Basically, they just came up with whatever album they wanted. And mm. this was the easier option mm. to take rather than doing something that was kind of cool and experimental. Like the So they're one. not artists then. They're just they're just trying to create entertainment. That's what it feels like to that me. That sucks. That's terrible. And he's got like, what, six kids to take care of? Oh my God. Yeah. Keep it in your pants, Joel. <laughs> he has like, his children guess, are adults you know, at this point. If, 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 if we're just talking financials, then I guess... The safe thing to do is just do an album that everybody expects you to make mm-hmm. and just and he said go to that, number one in Australia. He promised you know. us 15 more years. So that's 15 more years <sighs> of albums. I, the math got really confusing that's there. That's like, like seven albums. He said, I've been doing this for 15 years and I promised you 15 more, but 15 times a day. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> one album a month. That's what I'm promising. <laughs> one track every day for 15 years. <laughs> exactly. So, so wow, this is a big disappointment uh, for, I, of the year, and I'm is really anybody disappointed. Enjoying this album that you've heard surprisingly, about? it's I I love this. They're back, baby, or this is the worst album I've ever heard. There's mm. no in between. I've never seen anyone say this album's okay. According this album to, is great. This album is trash. According to Aaron Gillespie, Spencer Chamberlain told him that that's where you should always be. You don't want people to say like, "Hey, that album's okay." And according From to an them, artistic standpoint, that's a good place to be. But this is not an artistic album. This is an album that is that was written to 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 make money, and it's and it shows. And There's it no works. passion between behind any of these songs. Like that that passion's gone. And it worked. And it worked, baby. I know. Australia, you fell for it. <laughs> <laughs> Australia's got talent. Oh, what a shame. Uh, really quick, I guess. Uh, did you listen to the new Landon Tours EP? Nah. nah. I like. I feel like I should listen to the first two versions. Stop it! Jeez, bro. But you've told me that it's kind of metalcore garbage. It's it's so. it's digital instruments made in metalcore style, and it's like I was expecting like a short little like withdrawals type thing. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's a it's a it's a continuation of some metalcore side project right. that he was doing. Because he's, he's got two other EPs of four tracks, and mm-hmm. according to someone we know, uh, there's an arc to it. Yeah, there's some sort of story I'm or pretty whatever. pretty sure everybody's dead by the end of it. So. <laughs> Which I think is the good thing, because you said this is his swan song to metalcore. Yeah, so of course, according to Landon Tours on the socials, like he's going to not do metalcore anymore. His solo stuff is going to be kind of uh, on par of what Withdrawals was. And Plot and You are going in their cool, experimental, kind of shoegazy sort of We'll see. Way. So we'll see. We've, hopefully. We've heard of other artists take changes and then quickly you revert. Not, I'll start the fire. You tied not, I mean, I'll start some could the say fire. that that's different for Amity Affliction. There was no snapping of fingers. I'm <laughs> just <laughs> <laughs> saying, they thought outside the box, apparently. Yes. What, 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 what are the fans asking for? Tough guy finger snapping. <laughs> Tough guy finger snapping. So what else you're are you a listening jet, to? You're a jet for life. <laughs> 
What else have you been chicken to? You've been, you've been oh, going. Tom, you're this petty and the heart breakers. Blast from the past, man. Man, so I'm, I'm, I'm almost done with Mr. Petty. But as for now, we're gonna go back in time and talk about where did I leave off? I left off at. You are a baby that can't stay in here. You don't know anything about Tom Petty, little baby. Jeff Unzi? Sorry. It's around. We're almost done. TP and the HBs? Where did I leave off? Um, let's see. 1985's Southern Accents. Followed up by Let Me Up, I'm had, I've Had Enough. Mm-hmm. 1987. Now, Bruce Springsteen made an album in 1987. It was re- that was pretty good, I've heard. Pretty good, but... Sounded like the 80s. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, Tom Petty's 1987 album, not that good. Mm. Like, there's, there's. Like going in a new direction? Kind no. Of? Not just, just good? Just, just going through the motions? Taking, taking the Amity Affliction route. Of, I was about to ask that. Let's crank out an album. It's gonna kind of sound generic. There's Warner a few Brothers good songs on there. Target. Yeah. There's probably a fair <laughs> amount of that going on. So, I'm not gonna say that Let Me Up, I'm Had Enough is a good album, but okay. it's, it's all right. No, it's not even all right. It's just straight up bad? It's just straight up not that good. Okay. And then you got your Full Moon Fever, Tom Petty's first solo album. Ah, and no his, Heartbreakers. The only person who is in this band who wasn't in the original Heartbreakers is the drummer. <laughs> so we can't <laughs> new, call it the Heartbreakers. New side project band. <laughs> just Better original band, everybody. <laughs> just original band without the drummer. <laughs> so I saw a cool... Um, uh, was that the the hard times? Yes. A uh, 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 mock article where it says like, yes. side project. That's what is I'm just referring to. <laughs> side project the, band is what? just same band without the rhythm guitars. Yep. <laughs> so you got your. You got What's your, this song? I've never heard this song before. You, you got your free falling. Oh. You start out the album with this Americana classic. Mm. You're expecting big things from this album. I didn't know that he covered Aaron Aaron Gillespie. So that was about the the nth of what was good on Aaron that album. Aaron Gillespie covered this for a Punk Goes Classic Rock. Was it great? It's really good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so he does a great, great job song. Here. You got a couple other of his greatest hits called I Won't Back Down which um, Sam Smith had to pay royalties on oh. for his hit song, whatever it was that sounded exactly like this. Like musically? <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Back down. What did, what did Sam Smith's song sound like? Stay with me. Stay with me. But that's like so low tempo, though. Hey, they took it to court, wow. and whoever owned... The rights to Tom Petty's song. It wasn't Tom Petty that mm-hmm. sued him. It was whoever owns that song. <laughs> this is giving me flashbacks of like, it's not dun 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 right. dun dun. It's dun 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 dun. There's the hi hat. Oh, that's why if you listen, my cast, my my. That's why if you listen to the words to Vanilla Ice, he says, "Got my hi hat and my souped up tempo." Ah, that's why it's different. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, <laughs> I rest my case. <laughs> so you got your won't back down, you got your free fallen, and you got your running down a dream. Mm. Three songs that were on the greatest hits album. The rest of this album is not good. 
Oh, no. Holy moly. I was very surprised by that. Just in an uninteresting sort of way? Just in a generic, flat, nothing that good kind of way. Well, we got free fallen. We got free fallen. And then two years later, 1991, you got Into the Great Wide Open. Mm. Which you said you've, you, that song sounds familiar? It sounds familiar. Okay. So you might remember opening track, which was a big hit for him. I don't know if you've known it or not. It's called Learning to Fly. And I really enjoy this song. It sounds the like little boy in me. 1991. He's kind of grooving. You were seven years old. Oh, seven. You hear it at Target? I probably heard it on my dad's CD player. That's right. You know where I feel catatonic? Target. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing it back. I wish I could fly off of the roof of a Target. <laughs> so this album is pretty good. It's a okay. good step back in the right direction for Mr. Petty. You got your learning to fly. This is you got still technically his solo stuff. This is a Heartbreakers album. Oh, they're back, baby. Yes. And this is Into the Great Wide Open. That's some psychedelic guitar right there. You got, you got some, some slide guitar this is the one this is the one that has Johnny Depp in the video oh really there's your, there's your chorus right there's there. your chorus I recognize that chorus yeah. I don't care for this song very much it's pretty alright it, it's a weird story that doesn't go anywhere it's it's basically about a kid named Eddie, Johnny Depp played by Johnny Depp um, who who learns to play guitar moves to Hollywood makes an album it gets in the charts he gets famous and meets a girl mm-hmm. and and then that's it this is andy black's life story you, you know that right <laughs> right and then like the the final line of the last chorus is the a and r man said i don't hear a single the future was wide open and then the the, the song kind of ends on that yeah like i don't know if they're saying like he basically had to the die future after that. is up to you right um if it, if it meant that he tried to write another album and they didn't hear a single and he had to give up on his dream at that point. Yep. I don't know. You want to be a they star, never tell you? me. <laughs> but I need I the answers told to me. I don't need I don't <laughs> like I don't like ambiguous endings, Tom Petty. Right. So there's a couple other good songs on here called Two Gunslingers, The Dark of the Sun, All the Wrong Reasons is a really good song. And it kind of ends all right. So I gave this one a 7 mm. out of 12. Okay. So for Tom Petty standards, that's pretty good at this point. Oh, okay. Because I'm still struggling ever since Long After Dark to really appreciate. Well, that is a good, that is a good score. Yeah. It's just in general, 7 out of 12. So that was 1991, and then he takes a long break Any all the way. Any reason why? Um, I think because um, he was going on Because he's rich tour. and famous? Yeah. Okay. All the way to 1994. <laughs> oh, long break. <laughs> when his second solo album comes out. Uh-huh. Featuring all of the original members except for the drummer. <laughs> by this time, the drummer. What's up with this drummer? <laughs> by this time, the drummer just just they let him go for good. Okay. Uh, everything I'm trying to read, there's a lot of misinformation about what went on, but it seems like the drummer was not the easiest guy to get along with. Mm. And even the drummer said, like him and Tom Petty, like would fight a lot compared to 
like nobody else in Tom Petty fighting a lot. So <laughs> so it was... seems like the drummer just didn't click with everybody, even though. So he was is it in like a contractual thing to like just change it into the solo album instead of? Calling it the Heartbreakers? I don't know what the contract kind mm. of thing was there. Interesting. But they did change record labels and things like, like that. In today's day and age, like we're just so used to revolving doors of artists coming in right. and out of bands. Right. So we're like <laughs> the idea that like we keep why wouldn't they just be able to just call themselves Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers because the drummer's not well, there? Well, according for Wildflowers, nineteen ninety four, mm-hmm. produced by Rick Rubin. Um, real quick, I'll just say it's one of the best Tom Petty albums ah. of the discography. Basically, what he said was that he didn't want the project to feel like it was being tied down with just these five guys. So it was easier on kind of a creative level just to make it into a Tom Petty album. And even though the, like, the rest of the guys went along with that, and 90% I'm sure, of the people are there. Yeah. So it was more, I don't know what that means. It's like, it sounds like a bunch of... That sounds pretty petty. (laughs) 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 So I realized listening to Wildflowers was that my mom listened to Wildflowers in her car Ah. for about three solid years. (laughs) I mean, it's not because she wanted to, it was just stuck in there. (laughs) It was stuck in there. And I mean, in the mid-90s, I wasn't like driving around with my mom that much. Sure. So it wasn't like I overheard this, but the few times that I was, she would always have this album playing. And were so, you grooving on it back then? And too? I was grooving on it back cool. then. Um, so is that the reason why you like it so much now? It just kind of brings back those memories? It gave it gave some nostalgia, but also I realized like the songs are just pretty damn good nice. as well. So, And I think that's a good thing because it doesn't sound like a typical heartbreakers album mm-hmm. it does have a completely different vibe to it like which kinda is kind of cool blending genres or just it just of... it doesn't have the like southern rock kind of thing going on it's a little bit more which in the 90s was kind of like that wasn't cool in 1994 i don't know it's hard to tell but 94 was a weird year because you got your grunge still going on right but then you also have like your weird acoustic movement. Like that's when Dave Matthews first right, came yeah. out. You want to go like Lisa Loeb like adult, kind of thing. Adult contemporary. Goo Goo Dolls were just hitting the scene. Well, 95 was when they really took off. But, yeah. So um, was, do you think he was trying to compete with the modern scene or do you I, think he was just trying to artistically think, try his own stuff? I think he was just trying for a new thing. And it, mm. it's, it's a little bit more like acoustic-y on this one but okay. the songs are pretty good there's definitely some some up-tempo plugged in kinds of things on here um but i recommend you check out this one as well wildflowers wildflowers cool. so we've got long after dark wildflowers those are my two recommendations okay thus far but there's there is 15 tracks on this album <laughs> this is the longest one that i've seen so far and okay it's, it's like over an hour <laughs> all right well that's kind of what i expected from like all of his albums yeah. to be honest but i gave it a 10 out of 15 Wow, that's really good. And like the first, the full album's worth. The first four tracks are really good. There's a song on here called "Honey Bee," which is like hilarious, mm-hmm. but I, I also enjoy it. A fair Magnolia. He he basically is writing about like being in love with a girl, kind of like using being a bee as a metaphor for it. So <laughs> he wants to pollinate. He it. wants yes. to pollinate and and <laughs> do all sorts of things like with honey and all that kind of stuff. Oh, so. so I don't know. I remember that song from the 90s and thinking it was kind of gay. I like it now. <laughs> and there's a couple of really good tracks towards As, the, as towards we the all end. know from Adam's top 12 songs of the year, Adam loves songs about sex. <laughs> the track 14 called Crawling Back to You is a really good song okay. as well. And then you got your 1996 She's the One soundtrack. 
And again, every time you say that, I think she's all that. She's all that. And see, I think I was thinking that way as well. What is She's the One? I don't know. I never saw that movie. To look that up. And from from what I could tell from the movie poster, (laughs) is that it's the most 90s movie of all time. Every 90s movie poster (laughs) is the 90s. (laughs) Like, they all were made by the same company. Let me see. She's the She's the one. one. Um, 1996 film. 1996 starring Cameron Diaz and Jennifer Aniston. So right there, it's the most 90s movie of all time. Like, you know, a young, hot Cameron Diaz and Jennifer Aniston. (laughs) You know what? This might sound controversial to say. Uh Uh-oh. I never thought Jennifer Aniston was hot. I know. You've already explained that. But the listeners don't know that. But 1996 was like, I think 1999 Jennifer Aniston was my favorite, but 1996 was pretty damn close. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a song on here called Walls. Not the first track, but the 12th track version of Walls Mm -hmm. is the one that was the single that I remember hearing a lot. So there's like a, a, a remixed version? Yeah, there's a weird remixed version to start out the album. And, I, and it's like Lindsey Buckingham is in the background playing, <laughs> like doing background vocals. Oh, okay. But this is like the, the one that was played all over VH1. All so this is the, the, the single version yeah. then. Okay. And I like this version a lot, but does this sound familiar to you at all? Not any more than like any other kind of like okay. mid-90s kind of adult, com- okay. adult contemporary song. So... This was the only song that I recognized from this entire album. Okay. And it's not that great. I'm just going to go with that. Okay. I might have heard this in a store at some point. <laughs> it's very counting close. Yeah. It's, it's, it's got that mid-90s vibe. I have a feeling I saw the video for it, and like Jennifer Aniston is sitting next to Tom Petty while he's playing guitar and singing, Aww. and she's just like bouncing up, back and forth. <laughs> and I was like... I, re- I have a vague recollection of that. <laughs> um, it's not the greatest of soundtracks. I think I gave this like a six Wasn't out of 11. Courtney Cox in a Bruce Springsteen music video? Yes. Yeah, that's Dancing right, in was. the Dark. Dancing in the Dark. That's right. And she was also in a Counting Crows video for Long December. Oh, okay. But anyway, side note. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone and Friends, music videos. Right. Um, so if, if you take away that really weird version of Walls, you take away... There's two different versions of the song Angel Dream, which are which is a very good song, but mm-hmm. you only need one. You only need to listen to one of them. And then there's two instrumental tracks on here. So if you take out those four tracks, then there's really 11 songs on this album. Okay. And I gave it a 6 out of 11. Okay. It's, it's fair, but not super duper great. Sure, but you know, it's it sounds like it was enjoyable at least. It, it made me want to watch the movie and see how the music is intertwined <laughs> into the movie. According to but... Wikipedia, uh, it, the, 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 the movie... Apparently, is named after the Bruce Springsteen song of the same name. Oh, the God. film is one of Tom Petty's few movie that. soundtracks and is named after the Bruce Springsteen song of the same name. What album is that from? I should know this. Well, let's see. Song of the same name. She's the one. Is it, from uh, the it was on Born to Run. Oh. It was, released, it was also oh, released yes. as a B-side Duh. to Springsteen's 10th Avenue Freeze Out. That is a very good song. I will definitely hold them to that. As for the movie, I'm not so sure. It doesn't look like it's done well. Rotten according Tomatoes. According to yeah, according to Rotten Tomatoes, it got a 51 percent uh, Rotten Tomato score. It got a. Seven, and that was in and that was in 1996. Got five out of ten 90s. Yeah. <laughs> um, so apparently, Tom Petty got really heavy into heroin between 1996 and 1999. 
Makes sense. Um, and then he quit heroin in 1999. Good, good pretty easily, him. apparently. It's pretty strange that <laughs> it's you, so easy. you get into heroin in your 40s. When you're rich and famous and have all have access to all the resources in the world, right? you can, I guess, quit one of the most dangerous drugs ever created. Right. So I just started listening to 1999's Echo and 2002's The Last DJ. Okay. And then his third solo album, which from what I can tell is really him solo with... Just, him just, and a just the guitar player that's in the Heartbreakers. Like okay. it's just the two of them. Plus, so that's what I think of when I think of a solo album. Right. Let's kick out the drum. Right. Kick out the drummer. <laughs> and that <laughs> one Stupid. is 2006's Highway Companion. Oh, okay. So by mid 2000s, Tom Petty. Then, like, it seems like the attempts to make good music is starting to wane. Mm. But we'll just see where but, you it know, he's got his millions of fans who will buy his albums anytime they come out so. it's kind of weird because you know. i keep on envisioning all these people when i listen to albums from the 80s like you're when you listen to an album in the 80s on lp yeah you would just put on the album in your bedroom and then you would have to sit there and and just watch it spin around in circles and listen <laughs> to it and then halfway through you'd have to get up and flip it over yeah. and then you'd sit again and like now we can put our headphones on and go like live our lives I know. and absorb music. Correct. I don't know not how the, people fucking did that in, not in the all best, the years past. Admittedly, not the best way to absorb an album. I. It's a good way to listen to an album you're already familiar with. But for something new, I don't like to do that. I like to kind of, like if I have to multitask, I'll, I'll do it at work, which is how I normally do it. Because mm-hmm. I can at least focus. I can at least stop what I'm doing, focus on like, wow, that was a good line. And then just kind of, <laughs> just kind of be like, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. <laughs> I'm a man. I'm, I'm a, a man. man. I'm, I'm a man. man. Men don't man. cry. <laughs> <laughs> don't cry. Don't cry. We'll be the last time. But, uh, um, but yeah, but that's actually my preferred method is to kind of like sit and zone out on an album for a little while, especially if it's something new. Not I'll, me, baby. Yeah. For, when I'm in the car, it's a lot easier to focus. I'm, I'm on autopilot. That's true. <laughs> anyway. For, and so you couldn't put an LP on while you were driving. Nah, exactly. And absorb it. Like, yeah, listen I to the radio like a chump. I don't know how people did this in years past. That's because they were a better generation than us. The I greatest think. generation. The, maybe the greatest. Okay, boomer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my I daughter. didn't need music in my car. The radio told me what to listen to. I am so, so, this is a personal story. I am so proud of my daughter this week. I, my body's like super duper sore because I went to the gym and I kind of overdid it. Okay. So like for three days straight, like I was hunched over a bit because <laughs> like my, my upper legs were like super sore and I couldn't like really stand up straight. So like I was pre- at the house, I was pretending like, oh, get out of here, daughter. Like your generation, you entitled. And, and then she, she looks me straight in the eye, no hesitation. Okay, boomer. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, daughter. I love you, <laughs> but get the fuck out. <laughs> no, I told her, like, I'm so proud of oh, you. Oh, <laughs> okay, okay, good. You guys will have many of these conversations oh, yeah, absolutely. in years to come. <laughs> Luckily, you guys are almost the same age, so it kind of helps. <laughs> <laughs> We're always going to... Never mind. <laughs> You're practically the same generation as far practically, as I'm Practically, yeah. We're both Zoomers. <laughs> Zoomers. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Hey, man, so I think that about, that, that, that about does it on this week's episode. Sad the Chance was pretty good. Savage Hands is pretty good. I still yeah. feel like I started listening to a Dave recommendation from a band called Slowly Slowly. Oh. I'm two listens in, and I'm greatly enjoying it. Is it that Australian band he said might be his favorite album of the year? Yeah, so he far? said, oh. hot take, this might be my favorite. I'm like, right. bro, that's not a hot take. <laughs> you can like whatever you want to like. It's fine. <laughs> slowly Slowly. Slowly Slowly. Okay. Another band with a stupid name that, has, that writes really good music. 
They're all stupid names at this point. I know. All the good names were taken. I know. I'm going to, like, <laughs> like, as, as your president. and the Heartbreakers was taken. As your president, <laughs> I'm going to sign an executive order that, as a band, if you don't write music for 15 years, your name is allowed to be rebooted. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Take that, R.E.M. Take that, the take that the metalcore version of the Beatles. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So if we if 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 E T L E S Beatles. I mean, if you if we're allowed to reboot movies with the same name, why can't we do that with why can't we do that with no music? Three incarnations of like Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Why not? They write music. Right. They haven't done anything since 1980. My version of Led Zeppelin was much better than the younger generation's right. version of Led Zeppelin. I don't think I was even alive the last time <laughs> that, that Led Zeppelin did that. I don't know. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and end this week's episode okay. uh, with that joke I was going to tell. Now, this isn't do my it. joke. I just thought it was a really fun joke, and I wanted to share it with our audience. Please do. So anyway, please... Uh, like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, but uh, if you liked, um, I want to hear your thoughts on uh, Brave Faces, Everyone by Spanish Love Songs. That we definitely recommend. It's a high, high recommendation from both of us. And we want to hear your thoughts about it. And maybe you, you might have had another takeaway of the album than we did. So I definitely want to hear what you thought about it. You can email us at skinnywithmikeandadam at gmail.com. You can... Like us over on Facebook and have start start a conversation over there. You can message us there as well at facebook.com slash skinny Mike and Adam. You can talk to me even on Instagram at Mike Wears Prada because I am this I'm just that damn clever. And you can you can look at things that I posted on our skinny page, which apparently nobody sees. I saw That's it. Fine. Okay, good. Yeah, the the the, the Simpsons reference. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that was that was when Homer was waiting for his uh his gun. His, his, his gun, yeah. Five day the, waiting period. The waiting period. That's right. <laughs> so anyway, this is a joke I was gonna say at the beginning of the episode, but Adam had his panic, so I'm gonna Hopefully, hopefully this joke a, will talk him down and maybe he won't run into the woods. It's a panic so, pandemic. Yeah, so <laughs> two rednecks decided that they weren't going anywhere in life and they wanted mm-hmm. to go to college, get ahead. The first mm-hmm. one goes to a counselor who tells him, who, who tells him to take math, history, and logic. Mm-hmm. What logic? Says the, fir- the first redneck asks. It's not a, a class. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. You, you, I've seen like logic. like Philosophy. Philosophy, sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the professor answers by saying, let me give you an example. Do you own a weed eater? I sure do. Mm-hmm. Then I assume, using logic, that you have a yard, replied the professor. That's real good, says the redneck. The professor continues, logic will also tell me that since you own a house, that, that since you own a yard, you also own a house. The impressed, the redneck's like, amazing. Amazing. <laughs> Simply amazing. And you since you own a house, <laughs> and since you own a house, logic dictates that you have a wife. That's Betty May. That's incredible, the redneck. Obviously, he's continuing to catch on. Well, finally, since you have a wife, I can logically assume that you are heterosexual, said the professor. You're absolutely right. That's the most fascinating thing I ever heard. Can't wait to take that logic class. <laughs> the redneck, proud of this new world opened up to him, walks back into the hallway where his friend is still waiting. So what class are you taking? asks the friend. Math, history, and logic, replies the first redneck. What in tarnation is logic? asks the friend. Well, let me give you an example. Do you own a weed eater? says the first redneck. No. So his friend replied, fag. (laughs) (laughs) Good night, everybody. (laughs) There you go. If you you need to own one, prove you're heterosexual. (laughs) Here's my heterosexual card. (laughs)